When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Irish food and drinks exports enjoyed a record year in 2021. ICMSA helps Cork farmers start the new year by seeking solutions to their debt and mortgage problems. Irish Community Air Ambulance reports more calls to farming-related incidents over the past year. Dairy Gold's Jim Wolfe is honoured with Outstanding Contribution to Business Award from Cork Chamber. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Figures released by Borbia for Irish food exports in 2021 show the importance of the sector to the Irish economy. Despite all the challenges, Irish exports of food grew by 4% to a record €13.5 billion. According to the IFA President, Mr Tim Cullinan, this demonstrates the standing and reputation of our Irish food based on the raw materials produced by Irish farmers. He said with a massive increase in input costs, feed, energy and fertiliser, it's critical that the price received by farmers would increase across all sectors to help offset the extraordinary hike in the costs of production. It's vitally said that the additional value generated by our food exports would be delivered in full back to the farmer producing the raw material. Agriculture, pointed out, is our most important native sector. It must be fostered and supported Our economy is very dependent on FDI, foreign direct investment, but we must balance this with an increased focus on our indigenous sectors. We all acknowledge the need to continue to build on our environmental credentials, but we cannot do this at the expense of the economic sustainability of our primary producers. Mr Conlon said the current policy direction from the Irish government was not striking the right balance between environmental economic and social sustainability as set out in Food Vision 2030. He cautioned the world will need more food and we are fortunate here to have the climate and expertise built up on Irish farms over generations to produce top quality food. We should be proud of this and work to support it, not undermine it. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, was upbeat in his address to this week's Board Bia Export Performance and Prospects Report 2021-2022. In 2020, total agri-food exports fell slightly by 2% in value compared to the previous year. But as we'll hear from Board Bia today, there has been a remarkable recovery during 2021. 
Total Irish agri-food exports are estimated by my department to have reached 15.2 billion euro in 2021. The first time exports have exceeded the 15 billion euro mark. Board B's figures for food and drink exports of 13.5 billion euro represent a 4% increase in value over 2020. Around one third of export value was accounted for by the UK market in 2021 one-third by European Union markets and one-third by international markets outside of Europe. The UK remains our closest and most important trading partner and we are committed to defending and building Irish market share in that valuable market. However, it is encouraging to see that our overall dependence on exports to the UK has reduced significantly from 38% at the time of the Brexit vote to 33% last year. We are not looking to, nor never will, turn her back on the UK market, when it is one that has been developed for several centuries. Bordwea will continue into much more detail on the markets and sectors in their presentations this morning. But I think you will agree that overall, the export performance last year has been exceptional. The sixth year of the sheep welfare scheme will start on 1st of February. As in previous years, all existing participants in the scheme will be automatically enrolled into Year 6 and don't need to take any action should they wish to remain in the scheme. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Chairman Conlogue, said he was pleased to have been able to secure additional funding for the scheme in Budget 2022. He said it underlined his commitment to the sheep sector. He pointed out the allocation for sheep welfare scheme had increased from 17 million euro last year 21 to 19 and a half million euro in 2022. This will cover the continuation of the scheme this year and the change to reference year. The sheep welfare scheme provides a valuable support, he said, to sheep farmers for undertaking actions which make a positive contribution to flock welfare. Minister McConnell urged all eligible new entrants to the sheep sector who wish to apply to take part in the scheme to return their forms by 1st of February 2022. For the purposes of the scheme, he said, a new entrant to sheep farming is defined as an applicant who has applied for a new herd number in the period 1st of January to 31st of December in the year preceding the scheme year or an applicant with an existing herd number who has not held or traded in sheep for a two-year period up to 31st of October preceding the scheme year. Application forms are available by contacting the Sheep Welfare Scheme section of the Department of Agriculture by email at the following sheepscheme at agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase, or by phoning 57 867 Double four double two. That phone number: o five seven eight six seven double four double two, or the email: sheepscheme at agriculture.gov.ie. All lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. ICMSA has organised a TB webinar taking place next Wednesday. Paul Smith can tell us more about it. We're holding a TB uh, webinar via Zoom on, on Wednesday evening at 8 o'clock. That's Wednesday the 19th. It's for uh, Cork and we're having it from a, I suppose, a local perspective. We have local veterinary inspectors uh, on on the line and we'll also have a national perspective. And it's the heading of it is looking at reducing the risk and protecting your, your herd. 
but there will be questions and answers on the night and TB is something that affects many people in, in Cork and many farm families in Cork and you know it's important that uh, we get people who are I suppose in the midst of it and have questions or those who are uh, worried and might want to take by security measures that they can they can tune into. Elaine Clifford, B&T advisor Tagusk Mallow is with us on Farm Talk this week. First she has news of some events including one next Tuesday the 18th of January. It's the Tagusk and AHI Cat Care webinar um, on calf rearing for tomorrow's herd. So it's going to take place online at half seven um, and anyone that's interested can register for the event online on the Chagas website. And then I just wanted to mention that Chagas Cork East have a part-time green start course starting this month. And um, this is a combination of a level five and level six QQI qualification, um, which is required to be a young trained farmer for stamp duty relief, capital acquisition tax relief stock relief for farm succession and a number of grants under the Department of Agriculture. So the education programme is a blend of classroom and farm practical skills training and the course day is every Wednesday starting on the 26th of January 2022 from 10am until 4.30 for a two-year period Um, and on these days the classroom teaching and exams will be held as well as on-farm skills demonstrations and assessments and benchmark farm discussion groups to be held. So the classroom days are between the Chagas Advisory Office in Moorpark and Mallow, and the skills practicals will be between Clonakilty Ag College, Moorpark and benchmark farms. Um, there's an induction meeting on Wednesday the 19th of January from 2 to 4, and anyone that's interested or with queries can contact the course coordinator, Noreen O'Rahilly, on or it's seven six five seven two two six two, or else the Jagus Mallow Advisory Office on O two 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 one nine three six. Farm Talk on C one o three. Mr. Jim Wolfe has been honoured with the Cork Chamber Outstanding Contribution to Business Award, recognising a lifelong career in the agri food industry along with other notable achievements. The native of Limerick has worked for Dairy Gould for over 40 years alongside his contributions to other business, state and educational institutions through his board representation. Mr Wolfe accepted the prestigious award from Cork Chamber President Miss Paula Cogan, CEO Conor Healy and John Higgins, lead partner of EY Cork, who sponsored the award, as well as receiving messages of congratulations from Taoiseach Michal Martin TD and Minister Simon Coveney TD. Miss Paula Cogan, President of Cork Chamber, said it was an honour to announce that Jim Wolfe was the recipient of the Outstanding Contribution to Business Award. Jim, she recalled, had devoted his career to Ireland's leading indigenous sector, which has seen unprecedented change. He has gone above and beyond to ensure the livelihood of those working in the sector. He embodies a passion for the support and growth of Ireland and sits on numerous boards, including CIT, now MTU, Cork Airport, the NCPC, or NUA, the Irish Dairy Board, and Photo Wildlife Park. His individual commitment has supported collective vision and Jim's contribution is nothing short of outstanding. Mr Jim Wolfe joins a distinguished group of previous recipients including Bob Savage of Dell Technologies and O'Leary of Vodafone, Frank Boland, Sean O'Driscoll of Glen Dimplex Group, Darina Allen of Ballymaloe, 
Brian McCarthy of Fexco, and Dan and Linda Kiley of Voxpro. On Taoiseach Michal Martin TD, shared a message of congratulations with Mr Wolfe, saying he was delighted to congratulate Jim Wolfe on the great achievement of winning the Cork Chamber's Outstanding Contribution to Business Award. The Taoiseach said this award looks to acknowledge the hard work, effort and sacrifices that it takes to succeed. Jim, he said, is a richly deserving recipient of the award, recognising, as it does, his extraordinary contribution over many years to Cork and the broader region, and his great achievements in leading Dairy Gold to ever greater success. This award has had many esteemed winners, and Jim is truly worthy to be joining such company, Antishak Michal Martin pointed out. Simon Coveney, TD, Minister for Foreign Affairs and Minister for Defence, extended his congratulations to Mr Wolfe, acknowledging his contribution to enterprise and development over four decades. Minister Coveney said, This award recognises Jim's tireless commitment to enterprise and development in Cork for over four decades, for his role in Dairy Gold, along with his many other endeavours, including Photo Wildlife Park and Munster Technological University, to name but two. Minister Coveney went on to say that Jim's professionalism, enthusiasm and drive never waned, and we can now see, he said, the impact of his work over the last four decades and across the southwest region as a whole. He wished Jim the very best in his retirement and extended his congratulations for a hugely significant achievement. On receiving the award, Jim Wolfe said, it was a great honour to accept this very special award from Cork Chamber and EY. To be honoured by two business organisations which he holds in such high esteem makes it even more special. And, Mr Wolfe said, thank you to Cork Chamber and EY who have always been excellent business supports to Dairy Gold. He was a great believer in the power of team effort. It's something he learned in sport many years ago and he believes it's equally as effective in business. He recalled he had been very fortunate to lead a superb team combined with a tremendously committed, wider, stakeholder group of Dairy Gold for the last 12 years. Everything that's been achieved is thanks to that combined team effort. Mr John Higgins, lead partner, EY Cork, commented on the award announcement saying he would like to congratulate Mr Jim Wolfe, a most deserving recipient of this prestigious award. Over his 42 years with Dairy Gold, Jim had been a stalwart in the dairy and agriculture industry, leading the organisation through times of significant change and growth, whilst fostering a hub of employment from North Cork. EY was proud of their continued support of Cork Chamber's Outstanding Contribution to Business Award throughout these times of uncertainty. It was more important than ever to recognise those who contribute so richly to business and community. And we, for our part, at the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme on C103, would offer our sincere congratulations to Mr Jim Wolfe on being awarded the highly prestigious Cork Chamber Outstanding Contribution to Business Award. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Well, Cork Chamber released a short video on its social media sites to honour Jim Wolfe on being presented with the Outstanding Contribution to Business Award. There are contributions from Jim, as well as John Higgins, the lead partner EY Cork, and Paula Cogan, President of Cork Chamber. In his role, he has seen unprecedented change and has gone above and beyond to ensure the livelihood of those working in that industry. He embodies a passion for the support and growth of Ireland. 
He has sat on numerous boards, including CIT, Cork Airport, Photo Wildlife Park, Ornua, and NCPC. And of course, he's passionate about GAA. At EY, we have sponsored this award for many years now, as we believe it's extremely important to recognise the significant achievements of a person through their career. We know it is people who forge change, push back accepted boundaries, and capitalise on business opportunities that make an extraordinary contribution. So here at EY, we'd like to send our warmest congratulations to the recipient of this year's Cork Chamber Outstanding Contribution to Business Award. It is my honour to share that the Outstanding Contribution to Business Award winner 2021 is Jim Wolfe. I'm deeply honoured and humbled to receive the award. Uh, And while the award is a personal award, uh, I perceive it to be a team award in reality because it's not possible to deliver on strategy, deliver on business or to succeed uh, without an involvement of a whole range of people. It's about the commitment, it's about the work ethic, it's about the passion and really about the attitude. And that's what leads to success. A sincere thank you to Cork Chamber, uh, to EY, uh, and especially the team in Dairy World. And congratulations to Jim Wolpe, and we wish him a happy retirement. Recently on Farm Talk, we reported on the launch of a joint IFA board gas pilot solar energy project project which had been in development for over a year reached a key milestone on Monday, December 20th last with the successful installation and the commissioning of two farms. John O'Connor is here with me to discuss this and the generation of solar energy. Could it be a viable option for farms, homes and businesses? Given the right circumstances, certainly the generation of solar energy could be a money-saving project in the longer term. And is there a specific solar energy support scheme available at the moment? Yes, the MSS Microgeneration Support Scheme is targeting support for 380 megawatts of installed microgeneration capacity to contribute to the target of up to 2.5 megawatts of solar renewables under the Climate Action Plan. Depending on the panel size, that equates to over 1 million solar panels on approximately 70,000 buildings. I understand the amount of grant support will vary depending on the project, but the overall aim would be to incentivise electricity consumers to reduce their carbon footprint by allowing those with registered micro-generation devices to sell their excess electricity back to the national grid. For firms or enterprises, particularly the types of enterprises using large amounts of electricity, it would be an attractive option to generate their own energy. Not exactly, of course, a guaranteed gold mine on the roof, but worth examining how much roof space would be available for the positioning of solar panels. John, have you any idea of the type of grant and amount available for the installation of solar energy panels? Under the current SEAI, Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, PV grant scheme, a maximum, I emphasise maximum, of €2,400 is available subject to conditions. But of course, as solar energy generation rolls out, there is no guarantee that grants will not be subject to change up or down. And you referred to the new joint IFA board gas solar energy pilot. So perhaps farmers with an interest in considering generating their own solar energy could consult IFA for information. Mr. Martin Stapleton, IFA member services, is one of the key people involved. He may be willing to give feedback on the IFA board gas pilot scheme so far. Our listeners may check out 
MSS Online. That's the Microgeneration Support Scheme. Thanks, John. Following on from the success of previous events and in recognition of the ongoing seriousness of the issue, ICMSA held a webinar this week on the issue of farm debt and farm mortgage problems. Experts on the matter took part in the webinar with an emphasis on practical solutions for practical farming problems. ICMSA's Paul Smith joins me to discuss the type of situations that arise in relation to debt and mortgage problems. I suppose we we have to break it down into a couple of sections, really. Uh, There's debt that's uh, manageable and that that's out of control. And that debt that you can't manage is, is the issue that really affects a small number of farmers across the country. And there are farmers in Cork that have issues and have approached us and have had um, settlements and have got out of the their situations. But I suppose we're looking at debt as a two different categories. That's that manageable and that's that that you're just not able to get control of and maybe that uh, the debt has been sold on or it's in the process of being sold on. Now, you did have a webinar during the week and I don't want to delve into you know people's individual problems, but what sort of situations arise when you discuss debt and maybe mortgage problems, Paul? From a farming perspective, it's usually when it's become insolvent essentially from a a farming point of view okay so that you're not able to service your loans and if that's the case uh, banks usually ask you to come to a settlement if you're not able to to do that you're you're transferred to a, a vulture fund essentially if you're in that situation the vulture fund is not really there for for the good of you as as what a bank might be in terms of giving you time and and space. Uh, they're really out to I suppose make a profit, and if that's the case, they're not likely to uh, to take as uh, as long with the debt and, and repayments. They're likely to to look for for money up front or or actually try to try to sell your land okay and that's that's where we step in in terms of working with uh Gary Digney and Keith Farry in terms of getting farmers to save their land and the takeaways from the webinar this week what was learned from that that will help people what can people do if they find themselves in the situation the big takeaway is to get in contact with people as quickly as possible okay and you have to get in contact with a personal insolvency practitioner that is good at their job okay so that they give you the correct advice quickly so the earlier you can get to somebody who is properly trained in this area okay and that's important that the person that's giving you advice is actually trained in the the correct uh, area so that they can actually um, give you the, the correct advice uh, and that's that's something that's hugely important because we have a number of farmers that would come later in the process and it's harder to get solutions the later you leave it. So if you can get in contact with ourselves in the office in the ICMSA in, in Limerick, uh, the sooner the better. And you can we, we will we'll deal with, with those kind of farmers uh, and give them the best advice they possibly can. Farm Talk on C103. ICSA Animal Health and Welfare Chair said the ICSA is opposing the imposition of pre- or post-movement testing in relation to TB-restricted farmers buying in cattle for further feeding until we have certainty the department will pay for these tests. Mr Farrell said for several years, farmers who do not have 
feedlot status have been prevented from buying in cattle while restricted until such time as they have a clear test. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. However, Mr. Farrell said, with a lot of pressure, a recent change to rules has allowed farmers to buy in cattle. But, he said, unfortunately, this has been complicated by the addition of extra paperwork and possible additional testing requirements in respect of animals being moved in. ICSA believes that no farmer should have to sign up to a pre- or post-movement test until the department agrees to pay for it. He said the ICSA is concerned about all sorts of what he called additional bureaucratic requirements which are making life difficult for farmers who want to buy in for finishing. For example, he said, farmers are being asked to provide complicated documentation of where badger sets are located along with detailed maps. Mr Farrelly expressed frustration that the TB forum process was making very slow progress in relation to this and other TB issues. He said he had fought very hard to get this issue resolved at the recent TB Implementation Committee meeting. Mr Farrell said, We haven't had a TB Finance Committee meeting in months due to operational issues. A farmer who depends on buying in cattle at exactly the right time, depending on availability of grass or fodder, price considerations, length of keep, etc., is hugely disadvantaged if they cannot buy in. Mr Farrell said some progress had been made, but the problem was the department was coming up with what he called bureaucratic barriers to prevent it happening in practice. No one should be entitled to deprive anyone from earning a living, according to the ICSA Animal Health and Welfare Chair, Mr Hugh Farrell. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Elaine Clifford Tagusk BNT Advisor Mallow is with us this week. Last week we referred to the once a day milking and which a huge amount of research has been carried out at Moore Park. As Elaine explains, it could be one way of reducing the workload as the busy calving period looms for dairy farmers. So I suppose aside from the number of things that can be possibly streamlined on the yards in general, um, there are two main tasks which consume a lot of time on dairy farms in the springtime and that's milking and feeding calves. 
Um, there's a number of ways to reduce workloads around calf feeding, be it once-a-day feeding or different feeding systems. But I suppose what I mainly want to mention is maybe um, in terms of making cows, farmers can feel that they're limited. Um, there's currently research and um, be carried out in Moorpark um, on once-a-day milking and the effects or the benefits and drawbacks that it can have um, in, a, in a dairy system. Um, and the trials are completed over three years and they found that there can be a saving of 30% of your time by once-a-day milking. I suppose particularly in the springtime, this is a huge saving. Um, it's something that many farmers have adopted short-term during these busy periods. And it's very effective. And on some farms, this could save up to nearly two hours a day, which is an awful lot. And while there's many barriers, I suppose, to the uptake of uh, such um, a technique, the data from the, the research completed from the last two years has found that um, cows that were trialled on the once a day for the first four weeks of lactation, um, they only actually yielded about 10 kilos of milk solids less than the cows that were mixed twice a day for the entire lactation. Bearing in mind then that each cow on the trial was milked once a day for exactly four weeks, which wouldn't be the case on a commercial farm because not all cows would be calved in the first four weeks. You'd have some, I suppose, that would be milked for varied times. So it just shows that the effect of one's once a day milking short term is not very significant on yield. And comparing it to the, the saving on workload and time, it's massive. And it's definitely something I think that the farmers should consider. Chag is actually held at once a day Milking virtual conference last week, which is available um, to rewatch on our YouTube channel for anyone at all that's interested, or you can contact your advisor if you've any questions. Something that they should strongly consider, I think, for a short term period. Elaine Clifford, Tagusk BNT advisor Mallow. Elaine will be back with us on the programme again next Wednesday night. We turn our attention now to Makra events, and Mairead Tuhig is back with us this week. Hi, Barry, how are you? It's Mairead here, Balancholic PRO and Shandoon PRO. I want to wish every a very happy new year. National rounds of competitions that were due to take place this month were postponed due to COVID. Makra President John Keane said that the situation is being revised on an ongoing basis. Bear and Makra members have been busy with their tractor restoration project. The club purchased a Ford tractor and are restoring it as part of a fundraising campaign for their fellow member Gary Hartnett. Their progress can be followed on their Facebook page. Fremont Makra held their annual tractor run last month in Lismire with over over 110 tractors taking part and raising funds for the Irish Community Air Ambulance with over €7,000 raised on the day. At the Club of the Year competition, Bantir Makra won the Best Community Initiative Award for their nursing home appeal. Balancholic Makra was named winner of the Originality Award for their I'm a Makra member Get Me Out of Lockdown Challenges. Owen Ashton from Ballyhara was crowned the FBD Young Farmer of the Year for 2021. Whitechurch Mockers Treasurer Fergal and PRO Sheila handed over a cheque to Cork Simon this week. Club members raised €520 carol singing last month. Makra's Rural Youth Committee has set out some challenges for January. These include be kind to yourself, learn a new skill, give something back and improve your possibilities. On January 19th, the committee will hold an online CV preparation session and on January 27th, there will be a love, benefits and resources session. New members are always welcome to our Makra clubs and keep an eye on social media to see what we're up to. The Brexit Inshore Fisheries Business Model Adjustment Scheme has been announced by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine. 
The Brexit Inshore Fisheries Business Model Adjustment Scheme delivers on a recommendation of the report of the Seafood Task Force Navigating Change, October 2021. The scheme will be implemented for funding under the EU Brexit Adjustment Reserve. The scheme will operate from January to March 2022 and will be administered by Onboardish Guevara. Further details available from BIM in due course. For vessel owners to be eligible, they must demonstrate they were actively fishing during the period January to June 2021 inclusive. The scheme will specify requirements in this respect. Minister McConnell said the trade and cooperation agreement between the European Union and the UK had significant negative impacts for our fishing industry. Our inshore fishers have been particularly and uniquely impacted by logistical and route-to-market difficulties as exporters of live shellfish and other highly perishable seafood products would understand. These difficulties have added costs to the business model of our inshore fishers and in reducing the shelf life of these highly perishable products has impacted negatively on the sector. The scheme just announced by the Minister will take the form of a suite of four online training modules to be made available by Bordish Guevara, specifically tailored to the inshore fishing sector, with a payment to owners of inshore fishing vessels to assist them with the cost of undertaking the training and subsequently adjusting their business and marketing plans. The scheme will be open to owners of fishing vessels under 18 metres in length, registered with the potting and specific segments. As recommended by the Seafood Task Force, these one-off payments will be €2,700 for owners of vessels under 8 metres in length and €4,000 for owners of vessels between 8 metres and 17.99 metres in length. The scheme will operate from January to March 2022 and will be administered by Bordish Guevara. Further details will be available from Bordish Guevara BIM in due course. The four modules announced by the Minister deliver on recommendations 2.5.2 inshore short-term support. The four training modules to be delivered through the scheme are as follows. Module 1, Adjusting Your Seafood Business Plan Post-Brexit. This module will provide participants with the core skills, understanding and tools to adapt their own professional business plan to develop or stabilise their seafood operation, which is needed as a result of the new market conditions due to Brexit. Module 2, Reaching New Customers, Tailored Digital Skills for Inshore Fishing Businesses. This module will raise awareness of the opportunities which exist for inshore fishers to reach customers directly online and engage participants so that they develop a new interest in digital skills training to help them further their business interests online. Module 3 Alternative Market Opportunities for Your Inshore Catch This module will provide inshore fishers with knowledge on alternative markets and how they can exploit them, as well as how to direct sell their catch. And fourthly, understanding your market and maximising the return from your inshore catch. This module will provide the inshore sector with an overview of the market for inshore species, the market requirements for these species and the characteristics of good and bad products. It will provide information on how inshore fishers can improve the quality of products provided to the market and the economic benefits from doing so.
For vessels to be eligible, they must demonstrate they were actively fishing in 2021. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The authorities at national level have been urged to bring in at least four key measures which would help stem the ongoing attacks by stray dogs on sheep flocks and the worrying of sheep flocks by stray dogs. These would include, one, a single national database for all dogs in the country identifying the person responsible for the dog in question. Two, more appropriate sanctions for those found to be in non-compliance of the microchipping obligations of dog owners. Three, more appropriate sanctions for those who fail to have their dog under their control at all times and for those whose dogs are identified as worrying or attacking livestock, in particular sheep. Additional resources to enforce and ensure compliance with the obligations of dog owners. Mr Sean Dennehy, IFA National Sheep Chair, claimed the government and the various state agencies with responsibility in the area, were continuing to sit on their hands in the matter. Mr Dennehy said the IFA had met with Ministers Charlie McConlogue and Malcolm Noonan on the issue over the past year to have meaningful measures put in place to protect sheep farmers from what he called the irresponsible behaviour of some dog owners. His organisation had launched a No Dogs Allowed campaign in early 2021. This campaign would continue until action is taken by the government to address what Mr Dennehy called this persistent problem. He said the number of dog attacks on sheep is grossly underreported due to what he alleged again was lack of action from authorities when sheep kills and sheep worrying are reported by farmers. There are very few sheep farmers in the country who have not had horrendous experience of finding their flocks being savaged by dogs. Yes, he said... The official figures recorded only 241 such incidents in 2020. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Irish Community Air Ambulance was tasked to 512 missions across 14 counties in 2021. It was the busiest year since the Helicopter Emergency Medical Service was launched in 2019. The service is Ireland's only charity-funded HEMS Air Ambulance and works in partnership with the National Ambulance Service. It responds to serious incidents and medical emergencies from its base at Rathcool in County Cork. Chief Executive of the Irish Community Air Ambulance, Michal Sheridan, says it was a very busy 2021 for the service and that a large number of their call-outs related to farm incidents. One of the things that we've seen this year for 2021 in comparison to 2020 was an increase in taskings uh, across the board from 490 taskings to 512 um, in terms of the, the types of locations, in terms of counties, our main tasking county is County Cork. Uh, and then after that, it would be counties Kerry, Tipperary, uh, County Clare, places like that. Um, but we'd also have been tasked across the year to counties like Kilkenny, Mayo, Kildare, Wicklow. Um, and again, as you say, you know, our, our experience is most of our taskings are to, to rural areas and definitely you know, to areas that are, 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 are well away from the major urban areas. The benefit that people living near major urban areas have is that they're, you know, they're close to good road networks, they're close to major hospitals. And whereas if you're living, if you're living in northwest Cork, uh, West Kerry, places like that, then you're, you're obviously further away from a hospital and, and from help. So there's definitely um, a strong connection between 
the types of taskings we're getting tasked to and also the, the rural nature of the location of those taskings. And in that then, Michal, the farm-related accidents during the year, they, they were quite well up the list there, weren't they, in, in terms of you know being called out to render assistance? They were. So from last year, we would have been tasked to 64 farming-related incidents. Um, now, that's also aside from, you know, a lot of people would have, we, we would have had experience of being tasked to uh, farming farms and 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 the like for uh, for cardiac arrests and things like that. So I suppose just for for the purposes of people understanding what we're talking about are uh, taskings that are related to farming incidents or farming accidents. So in 2021 we were tasked to 64 farming related incidents, um, and they would have ranged in everything from animal attacks. So they would be either um, quite seasonal sometimes in relation to a lot of farmers there was attacks by cows just during calving season and we also had a number of attacks where um, farmers or people on, on farms were attacked by bulls and we had one gentleman during the year in Tipperary who who was isolated in a yard with a bull um, and suffered from very very severe upper chest and facial injuries as a result of that uh, we had a young lady about two years ago from from um, Galbally in Limerick who who ended up protecting her young baby from a, a cow who was protecting her baby? Um, then again, early last year we saw to, we saw a lot of PTO related accidents. So again, just reminding people to be very careful around um, their activities around PTOs and making sure there's covers on their PTO. Uh, a lot of falls from heights, and again, that would be our experience from talking to the crew would be, you know, before high winds, for example, farmers out and uh, fixing roofs on sheds. And just in terms of with the expected high winds, but been, in a lot of cases doing that on their own, maybe nobody minding them, nobody keeping an eye. Their mobile phone might be in the car or on the tractor. Um, and again, you know, they fall and they find themselves in a difficult situation where they might have broken limbs, um, you know, uh, spinal injuries, uh, head injuries, things like that. Um, and again, things like machinery accidents, so entrapments in machinery, a lot of lower limb accidents, in related to machinery, maybe where somebody has stepped back into um, something and, and found themselves with, with lower leg, lower limb injuries. Um, and the types of things, again, just looking at the statistics for last year, the, the things that stood out were uh, not only farming related, but also a lot of road traffic collisions involving tractors. So on rural roads, you know, we're conscious as well this year during things like silage season, there's a lot of a lot of activity on the, on the roads, both road users and cars, and then also a lot of heavy machinery on the roads. Um, and again, chainsaw-related accidents. So people out clearing, clearing away hedging, for example, or, or um, you know, bring, taking down trees maybe in in the middle of their farms. So chainsaw-related incidents, uh, rollover accidents by tractors, and then you know we had a number of quad bike injuries as well last year. So rollovers involving quad bikes on farms. So quite a, a variety, mainly animal attack, uh, and definitely PTO was something that we had a. Uh, we saw a high number of, um, particularly in the first half of last year. And you also had uh, 20 equestrian incidents there. So of what kind of nature would that be, Michal? Yeah, so everything really from um, from kicks, um, kicks from horses, falls from horses. Um, and they were both, um, you know, people who were involved maybe in, in the horse racing side of things. Uh, so, you know, falls from horses on gallops. Um, but also we had, uh, you know, young we had some young people last year who, you know, might have a pony or a horse at home in a stable and out riding and, and falling um, or getting thrown from the horse. And then we had incidents last year. We had some head injuries last year. Uh, people maybe who were in a stable um, looking after a horse, um, you know, and for whatever reason the horse kicks out and 
um, you know, they can do. There's a lot of there's a lot of force behind the kick of a horse, so a lot of upper chest, um, upper limb, and, and head injuries. So yeah, and again, even some of our animal attacks that we saw last year were on. We had one um, attack last year by a bull, and that actually happened on a on a stud farm in Limerick. Um, a gentleman went out to to check cattle um, just at the end of an evening, and there was a bull in the field, and uh, he was he was attacked by by the bull that evening. That was how his day ended. So, and again, just reminding people to both in terms of machinery and and animals, it's obviously just you know being being comfortable with the situation, you know, making sure that everything. Is right in terms of machinery, and you know, and also if if there are cows who are calving, or you know, there's a there's a bull on a farm. Just obviously, people need to be very very careful. Indeed, and the other side of it, then I suppose, just to get the message out here to the farming community, is that this service really only operates because people donate, or there's collections, or it's the generosity of the communities. It is absolutely so. The overall cost to run the organisation is just a little over 2.1 million euro for this year. We also would have um, we would have eight to nine volunteer critical care doctors on the roads around some key counties in Ireland. They last year actually were tasked about 809 times. So they're part of our service as well. But in terms of the air ambulance side of things, the cost to run the air ambulance this year will be about 1.5 million euro. Uh, so it's about 120,000 euro per month is the cost to provide the air ambulance. Um, and as you say, currently all of that is funded by the generosity of the public um, and by companies out there, um, you know, corporate donations and, and things like that. But we, you know, our experience in last year was a lot of local communities getting together, uh, raising significant amounts of money, um, and then people making donations, individual donations, um, sometimes even people who've been beneficiaries of the service coming back and either making donations or running events uh, to, I suppose, to show their gratitude towards us, which is not something people have to do, but it's always really, it's really great for us when when people choose to do that. So, yeah, so one and a half million euro to provide the air ambulance uh, to last year to fourteen counties. So again, you know, if people are interested in supporting us, then they can visit our website, which is communityairambulance.ie, or they can also, if they'd like to do something for us this year, and they, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are involved in. Uh, tractor runs and vintage runs so we we had a lot of involvement last year with vintage runs and tractor runs and some really successful events so if people are listening and they'd like to help us through some of those this year uh, then they can give us a call our number here is 021-419-0999 Senator Pippa Hackett Minister with Responsibility for Forestry has published the third interim report on the implementation of Project Woodland The report, prepared by the project board overseeing the project, recorded notable progress on the implementation of Project Woodland, notably the 60% increase in forestry licensing in 2021 compared to previous year, and the significant progress on development of a new national forestry strategy. The commencement of the legal and regulatory review, with strong interaction with the working groups, was acknowledged, as was the advance of the development of the new forestry strategy, with a draft vision agreed. The report detailed that the consultation on the strategy is already underway, with a public attitudes survey and a community engagement survey completed, plus a broader public engagement planned for 2022. It noted progress on other objectives such as the invitation for quotations for a training needs analysis on licensing and the imminent rollout of a pre-application discussion pilot. 
John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.